Welcome to episode 46 of the Idea Blog Podcasts on the Criminal Code of Canada. My name is Lisa Silver, and today we will be discussing Section 51, Intimidating Parliament or Legislature. In this episode, we will continue to acquaint ourselves with Part 2, Offences Against Public Order, by considering Section 51, Intimidating Parliament or Legislature. It is a section within the theme of the previous sections that I've spoken of in previous podcasts, starting from section 46, which prohibit treasonable activities. Section 51 reads as follows. Everyone who does an act of violence in order to intimidate parliament or the legislature of a province is guilty of an indictable offense and liable to imprisonment for a term not exceeding 14 years. This section intersects with other statutes as well. In the Federal Citizenship Act, a conviction under Section 51 disentitles a person from Canadian citizenship, as does a conviction for a terrorism offence under the Code, and other various code offences such as Section 47, which is the high treason section that I spoke about in Episode 43 of this podcast series, and Section 52, Sabotage, which will be our next section. Oddly enough, a conviction under Section 52, among numerous other code sections, may act as a barrier to applying for various kinds of bingo licenses in Quebec, as per a number of sections under the bingo rules. Section 51 does not define the phrase act of violence, nor does it define the term intimidate. Violence is not defined anywhere in the Criminal Code and has been subject to much judicial interpretation. The term is difficult to define as it is an oft-used word which has an unspoken and assumed societal meaning. This meaning is imbued with societal mores and values and therefore not strictly legal. In other words, in the everyday context, the term does not need interpretation or elucidation. Due to this ephemeral nature, there's no ordinary or grammatical meaning for purposes of statutory interpretation. Reinforcing this problem is differing dictionary meanings for the term. As a result, the definition of violence could be viewed as either harm-based, whereby the focus is on the acts that a person uses in an attempt to cause or actually cause or threaten harm, or it could be viewed as force-based, which would then focus on the physical nature of the acts and not the effects. This discussion was at the core of the 2005 Supreme Court of Canada case Regina NCD and the companion case Regina NCDK. There the court considered the meaning of violence as used under Section 39, Sub 1A of the Youth Criminal Justice Act, which permits a custodial disposition where the youth is convicted of a violent offence. The majority preferred a harm-based approach that would produce a more restrictive definition of violence consistent with the objectives of the young offender legislation to only incarcerate as the last resort. Later in the 2014 Steele decision, a unanimous panel of the Supreme Court of Canada approved of the harm-based approach in interpreting violence. In the context of the serious personal injury requirement, for a long-term offender determination. In that case, the court's view was 
that this approach was consistent with the context of the term as used in the criminal code, particularly offenses such as threatened death or bodily harm under Section 264.1, where the act of threatening death or bodily harm was in and of itself violent. For further information, see the Supreme Court of Canada case of Regina McRae, which is big M, little c, big R, A, E. This discussion can therefore lead us to define act of violence under Section 51 as harm-based and therefore would include threats of violence. Interestingly, there may be charter implications to this section as the acts of violence could be considered an expression under Section 2B of the Charter, particularly where the act is a threat of violence by words or writing. However, as discussed in the Supreme Court of Canada Reference Re Sections 193 and 195.11c of the Criminal Code, Section 2B would likely not protect expressions of harm or violence. Of course, the judiciability of this argument would be based on the factual underpinnings of the charge. Though not defined in the code is also subject to much judicial consideration. Unlike the term violence, intimidation does have a fairly consistent dictionary definition. Additionally, the term is used in other offenses in the code, most notably intimidation, where to intimidate is itself an offense under Section 423. The online Oxford dictionaries define intimidate as frighten or overawe, especially in order to make someone do what one wants. Comparably, the Merriam-Webster dictionary defines it as, quote, to make someone afraid, especially to compel or deter by or as if by threats, end quote. The British Columbia Supreme Court in the 2002 Little case used the Oxford Dictionary definition in assessing the voluntariness of an accused person's confession. The 2013 Saskatchewan Provincial Court decision of Weinmeyer has an excellent overview of the authoritative definitions of this term. The court in that case was considering a charge of uttering threats under Section 264.1 of the Code. Although intimidate is not a word used in the section, Courts have looked at intimidation as an element of the conveyed threats. After reviewing the case law on the meaning of intimidation, Provincial Court Judge Agnew found at paragraph 18 that, quote, the essence of intimidation is the use of action or language to overawe or frighten another with the intention of causing that person to change their course of action against their will. This change may be to undertake an action which they would not otherwise have done or to refrain from doing something which they would have done in the absence of such action or language. But in either case, the intimidator intends that the recipient not act in accordance with their wishes, but rather in accordance with the intimidator's wishes and the intimidator employs menacing, violent or frightening acts or language to cause such change, end quote. This definition is also consistent with the elements of Section 423, Offense of Intimidation. It should be noted that the offense of extortion, contrary to Section 346 of the Code, has similar elements to intimidation and also appears to be prohibiting similar conduct. Element for Section 51. This section requires the prohibited conduct 
the act of violence, in other words, be done for a specific purpose that is ulterior to that violence, namely for the purpose of intimidation. This would require the Crown Prosecutor to prove a high level of subjective intention. Looking at Section 51 as a whole, it is apparent that the offence is an intersection between extortion, intimidation sections, and treason, terrorism sections. Historically, the section came into our first 1892 Criminal Code under Section 70 as a conspiracy crime to intimidate a legislature. That offense read as, quote, everyone is guilty of an indictable offense and liable to 14 years imprisonment who confederates, combines, or conspires with any person to do any act of violence in order to intimidate or to put any force or constraint upon any legislative council, legislative assembly, or house of assembly, end quote. It was based upon a similarly worded offense found in Article 66 of Burbage's Digest of Criminal Law of Canada, published before the criminal codification in 1890. As an aside, Burbage's Digest was the Canadian version of Sir James Fitzjames Stevens' Digest to the Criminal Law of England. Stephen was, as mentioned previously in these podcasts, the founding father, so to speak, of our code, as he was the one who pushed for criminal law codification in the UK and in fact came up with a draft code that really found its way into our criminal code, even though it didn't find its way into the UK nomenclature. The UK does not have a criminal law codification in one book as we do. George Wheelock Burbage was a judge of the Canadian Exchequer Court, the precursor to the Federal Court of Canada. Early in his legal career, Burbage was involved in the drafting of the Consolidated Statutes of New Brunswick. He later became the Federal Deputy Minister of Justice and as such was instrumental in devising the Consolidated Statutes of Canada. Returning to Section 51, it was in the 1953-54 amendments to the Code that the offence was revised to the wording we see today. The longevity of this section as an offence under our laws, I can find no reported case directly involving a charge under this section. Consistent with the terrorism-slash-treason aspect of this charge, there are recent cases involving terrorism offences which do consider this section. A unique use of this section occurred in the 2005 Ghani, G-H-A-N-Y case, which is a bail application in the Ontario Court of Justice before Justice Durno. There, the defense argued that as the terrorism charges facing their clients involved an aspect of Section 51, the bail should actually be heard before a superior court judge pursuant to Section 469. Section 469 gives Superior Court judges exclusive jurisdiction over a list of offences, one of which is Section 51. The section, although it refers to the most serious charges in our code, such as murder and treason, it does not refer to terrorism-based offences. The argument, however, made before Justice Durno did turn on whether Section 469 should attach merely to a list of offenses or to the actual conduct as found within those offenses. In the end, Justice Durno declined jurisdiction 
and dismissed the application. Considering the lack of use of this section, the future of the section is questionable. This is particularly so in light of the various other offenses for which a person can be charged instead of this crime, such as intimidation or terrorist activity. As a result, this is certainly a section worthy of reform. Thank you for joining me on my quest to go through Section 1 to Section 849 of the Criminal Code and to provide to you some podcasts on each of those sections and to make some connections between the offenses and other areas of law and also other areas of interest to all.